Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com forward slash credit card. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. Winter is coming. Heavy rain, sleet, snow, and ice. Are your tires up for the challenge? Tread confidently in winter's worst with a set of new tires from Tire Rack. They sell only the best, like the full line of Yokohama tires. Go to TireRack.com sports. Tell them what you drive. Your tires will ship fast and free to you or one of over 10,000 recommended installers. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Welcome in, podcast listeners. We're breaking down The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary, episodes five and six that aired on Sunday night. I'm down in Florida. We got some tech issues. You know how that always goes. My guy, DJ Big Boy, here with me as well, letting me into the studio. Shannon Spake will be with us as well as Bobby Barak, new hire from Outkick, but primarily the conversation is all about The Last Dance. Appreciate all of you. And thanks, by the way, April. Biggest podcast audience ever. We were up 25% over last year, which is flat out extraordinary. Hope all of you are having fantastic starts to your week. I hope some of you are being able to get back to work. The podcast begins now. Outkick the coverage with Clay Travis live every weekday morning from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern, 3 to 6 a.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for Outkick the coverage at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every morning on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. I hope all of you are having a fantastic Monday. Wherever you may be across this great country or this great land, I have relocated down to Florida I know a lot of you may be in your cars more today as many states are starting to open up everything moving in a positive direction as it pertains to the coronavirus. Uh, Off the top here, we have the lowest number of deaths on Sunday we did since March. So uh, obviously that is a very favorable uh, number that is out there in general. And uh, many of you, most of you, hopefully, watched last night The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan 1990s era Chicago Bulls documentary. 
And we have got so much to discuss surrounding that uh, that production. I have an entire sheet worth of notes that I made from last night's documentary, uh, and uh, I thought maybe we would uh, we would dive into this a little bit. But I thought the most interesting part uh, of this documentary, and there were so many different intriguing parts and uh, and, and amazing discussions was twofold, and it all tied together to me. This was last night's uh, part of the documentary about, to me, the business of being Michael Jordan. Uh, We started to see how he became the global icon that he did, and in particular, I thought one of the most fascinating parts was the decision by Michael Jordan with his agent David Falk in consultation with his parents to make uh, the choice to go with Nike. Because as he said in that interview, he initially wanted to go with Adidas, and Converse was the official shoe of the NBA at the time. They had deals Converse did with Julius Irving, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, and the only reason why he went to go to the Nike meeting at all was because his mom made him go listen. So everybody out there, Mother's Day is on Sunday. Listen to your moms. Sometimes they know exactly what they are talking about. I thought it was intriguing that David Falk said, uh, I am a team sport guy. Uh, We understand that Jordan is, but we want to make him a tennis guy. That was the idea. Make the brand of Michael Jordan, even though he's in a team sport, as if he were an individual. And... This was uh, this was pretty outstanding, I thought. According to that documentary, uh, Jordan was signed for $250,000 initially. They came up with the moniker Air Jordan based on the fact that Nike was making a shoe called the Nike Air. Uh, they were hoping to do, I believe the number was $3 million by year four. Instead, they did $126 million dollars in year one and from that point forward the Jordan brand has become a multi-billion dollar business to the extent I don't know if you guys noticed this they even had Charles Oakley uh, who was uh, on the Knicks and one of the hated combatants of the uh, the Jordan era Bulls if you were in the Eastern Conference they even had Charles Oakley show up for his interview in the Jordan brand gear Uh, and as Jordan said as a way to get his brand connecting across everywhere, my game did all my talking. Uh, and I want to uh, discuss this a little bit more, but first, what have we got? I believe we've got audio of Jordan talking about that deal. Adidas was really dysfunctional by that time. And they had just told me, like, we'd love to have Jordan. We just can't make a shoe work at this point in time. I wanted Michael to go with Nike because they were the upstart. In the early 80s, Nike was, for the most part, a track shoe company. Michael didn't even want to be at Nike. I couldn't even get him to get on the damn plane and go visit the campus. So I called his parents. And my mother said, you're going to go listen. You may not like it, but you're going to go listen. Mom, I don't want to hear her. I know what I want to do. I am not going to Nike's mom. I said, Michael. You have to give them an opportunity. And she made me go on that plane and go listen. Go into that meeting, not wanting to be there. Nike made this big bitch. 
um, fathers, you got to be a fool for not taking this deal. This is the best deal. So that is not only a, uh, a hundreds of millions of dollars decision. It's a billions of dollars decision. I mean, when you consider what Nike did from that point, as they said, they were a track company at the time of that meeting. And if you go look at Nike stock right now, Nike stock is worth, I'm pulling up the this morning's uh, number, Nike is a $133 billion company. What percentage of Nike's growth is directly attributed to Michael Jordan? Of that $133 million, is it crazy to say that's a $60 billion deal? A $50 billion deal? It's hard to know where Nike would be without Jordan, but it's not crazy to think the company might have been half the size that they otherwise are today. And also, think about where Converse and Adidas might have been if they had come up with the concept of the Air Jordan and had that brand connected to them. Uh, Jordan wore his Jordan 1s for the last game, 1984, in Madison Square Garden. And I thought the Jordan 1s, he said his feet were bleeding. I guess, uh, obviously, they weren't as uh, as comfortable of a basketball shoes as as later versions would be. And then the other aspect of this, there were several different angles. I mean, the 92 Dream Team was a big deal. Uh, but Jordan officially coming out and admitting that he said Republicans buy sneakers too was, I thought, a pretty iconic uh, admission by him. He's never admitted that he said it before. Now, he said he said it in a joking fashion, and there was a lot of discussion about exactly what Jordan represented off the court. And I say a lot. There's probably seven or eight minutes of a two-hour uh, performance but there were a couple of quotes that I thought really stood out uh, from Michael Jordan. I never thought of myself as an activist. I thought of myself as a basketball player. Uh, I wasn't a politician. I was focused on my craft. Was that selfish? Probably. But that was my energy. And I believe that's why Jordan was the best and most popular athlete ever. And this has been a big discussion point. I obviously wrote a book entitled Republicans Buy Sneakers 2, based off of that Michael Jordan quote that came out of, I believe it was the Jordan Rules, the Sam uh, Smith book. Um, And this is something that, in many ways, modern-day athletes have begun to repudiate, is the idea that you should try to appeal to everyone. But in my book, I wrote a great deal about this. And I believe, you know, they had one of the great, uh, great all-time bad, uh, bad, bad quotes in there. Uh, They're doing a 10-hour documentary on Michael Jordan. And they had uh, a guy talking there and said, oh, Michael Jordan, I don't think he's going to matter in a few years. He's going to fade. He's no Ali. And I think that's totally wrong. I think Michael Jordan is the most iconic brand, the most iconic athlete, maybe, of uh, the latter half of the 20th century. I think Jordan is as big as Muhammad Ali, if not bigger. And if you really think about it, uh, when you are somebody like Michael Jordan, he wanted to appeal to everybody. And the analogy that I drew with Michael Jordan was he came out of the Bill Cosby era. And for those of you out there who are younger and don't really understand the idea, 
Um, the idea of the Cosby show, and I, and I do think it's an interesting metaphor, and let's leave aside what we know about Bill Cosby now and just think about for people who were able to grow up back in that day and age, the Cosby show was selling black America as not very much different than white America or Asian America or Hispanic America. And this is what I gravitate towards, which is the idea that we all have a lot more in common than we do different. And that was a revolutionary idea. And I don't think the Cosby show really for people who are younger, you understand how revolutionary it was. And Bill Cosby talked about the idea. I want myself to be a doctor, even though if you think about the way the Cosby show was set up, uh, by and large, the professions of the uh, of Bill Cosby and his wife didn't really matter. But she was a lawyer and he was a doctor. They were wealthy. They had young kids. They had the quintessential uh, American family, right? Mom, dad, three, four kids, whatever it was. And the idea was you're trying to appeal to everyone, no matter how old they are and no matter what their background was. Now, the interesting thing about the Cosby show is uh, you could watch it and 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 the overall uh, appeal was to everyone right and so that doesn't mean that it wasn't uh that it wasn't a uh, a show where if you were black you couldn't notice that there were being really ex- sort of direct appeals to the fact that hey this is a black family uh whether it was the uh, Bill Cosby's love for jazz or all of the uh, the artwork uh, that was regularly put uh, in the uh, in in the house uh, that featured black artists and all of these different angles, but it was intensely an American show. And what was revolutionary about Michael Jordan was he wasn't trying. He was in, in that exact same vein as the Cosby Show. He's trying to appeal to everyone. And why, if you're trying to appeal to everyone? would you decide to put yourself on any sort of contentious side? You want to sell to the largest possible market if you are a business person. And this is where I think the legacy of Michael Jordan is going to be much more substantial than the legacy of LeBron James. I think LeBron James made a calculated decision, and I think he made a calculated business decision to try to be political because he recognized he was never going to be as beloved or as influential or as successful, frankly, as Michael Jordan. And so he consciously started trying to use Muhammad Ali as his model as opposed to Michael Jordan. The challenge when you're an athlete and you adopt a political statement is you automatically alienate a large segment of your audience right then and there. And some people say, well, you tell us exactly what you think. Yeah, I'm in the opinion business. I'm sure right now if I check my Twitter feed, people are say, oh, you're saying don't get political. You tell us exactly what you think about everything. Yeah, I'm in the opinion business. If I wasn't in the opinion business, if I was in the athletics business and I was trying to reach as many people as I possibly could every single day and use, as Michael Jordan said, uh, my game did all my talking. If I was trying to do that, then there's no way I would be in any way polarizing. There's no way I would come out and tell you every single opinion that I had because from a business perspective, it wouldn't be smart. There's a reason why Michael Jordan's shoes still dwarf LeBron James and his shoe sales. 
even though LeBron James is playing right now, it's because Michael Jordan connected across all different sorts of uh, of of race and gender and ethnicity and religion, everything else. He was a the, the greatest unifier, I believe, in the history of American sports. And think about that for a minute. Think about how much of a revolutionary thing it was for a young black athlete to be the most beloved person in the entire United States. And I would argue, and there's no doubt that Michael Jordan was that, and still is, probably. And I would argue that a huge part of that is because Michael Jordan allowed his excellence to be his calling card. As he said, my game did all my talking. And he wasn't worried about trying to make himself stand for something else. He wasn't trying to speak to just black America. He wasn't trying to speak to just Asian America. He wasn't trying to speak to just Hispanic America. He wasn't just trying to speak to white America. He was trying to speak to the entire nation of sports fans. And that is why Michael Jordan, I believe, singularly continues to have an unbelievable amount of national appeal, unlike any athlete that exists today. Now, partly that's the era in which he played, but also I think the revolutionary nature of Bill Cosby and the Michael Jordans of the world, which paved the road for Barack Obama to be elected president, is completely overlooked because people don't recognize how revolutionary it was for a black family to be the number one show on television, primarily consumed by white America, for the best basketball player, best athlete in the world to be black, primarily consumed by white America at the time. For all of that uh, that appeal, and there, look, there's a natural progression that you can follow, right? I think Bill Cosby led to Michael Jordan, led to Will Smith, led to Barack Obama. Oprah can be mixed in there as well. Uh, the idea that Black America can appeal to White America and Hispanic America and Asian America without focusing on the difference, right? That we aren't very different at all. And I, I just find it to be such a fascinating story because I think one of the challenges that the NBA has had as things have progressed is they have moved away from that we're trying to appeal to everyone demo. And I think it's because, frankly, the sport got so big that they didn't have to worry about appealing to everyone. But another big part of the documentary tied in with this, and it was the uh, the Dream Team, which is probably the biggest and most beloved team of American sports athletes. The only thing I can think of in an Olympic era that even compares with the popularity of the Dream Team is the U.S. women in gymnastics. The Dream Team and the U.S. women in gymnastics, I would argue, are consistently the most beloved different uh, different teams that are out there. The U.S. women's gymnastics program has maintained a lot of their beloved nature. I don't think a lot of people root as hard now for the Americans in the uh, in the Olympics as they nowadays with the, with the NBA players as they did in years past. And I think if you weren't a sports fan in '92. It's hard for you to understand what the Dream Team represented, but they were coming off of 
uh, a bit of an embarrassment in 1988. And a lot of you don't even realize this, and I didn't think they talked about it very much in the documentary, but you used to have to be a college player. And we know Jordan was on in 84 when the U.S. won a gold medal. But then in 88, uh, they lost, I think got the bronze medal, if I'm not mistaken. And so in 92, suddenly you can have professional athletes representing their country in the Olympics. And that 1992 dream team was as popular of a team as I can ever imagine. But think about the difference. I'm going to talk about this when we come back. Think about the difference of the 92 dream team as opposed to the way that the NBA responded to China in the offseason at the beginning of this year. In 92, every American player was draped in the flag. It was impossible to be more of a, uh, a fan of Americana than the 92 Dream Team. They represented all of the best things of America, taking the brand of the NBA to the world. Think about how much of a difference there is between the NBA's brand coming out of China in the preseason. In 92, the U.S. was saying, we're the United States of America. Look at how incredibly impressive we are and look at how beloved they were around the world. By the preseason of this year, we had NBA players like LeBron James trying to speak out on big issues and saying the First Amendment wasn't that important. And you had to be careful about supporting the First Amendment. You had them defending communist China. It's really utterly, to me, fascinating. I'm going to open up the phone lines. I'll bring in the crew, 877-996-6369, for your reactions from The Last Dance last night, episodes five and six that aired. Uh, And to me, the most intriguing episodes uh, of all. Just fantastic across uh, across the board. We can get into some of the gambling uh, discussions and what that meant. There are a lot of uh, incredible 1990s era moments, including the soundtrack. J- Michael Jordan meeting uh, Seinfeld. Uh, how about the guy in the perm uh, making the making the uh, the quarters game against Michael uh, Michael Jordan? He had a great line. I don't have a great gambling problem. I have a ca- competition problem. Everything in Michael Jordan's life. Uh, was a uh, was a competition. Uh, so many great quotes. Sports are like a gunfight, and we lost to the fastest gun. That was Charles Barkley talking about uh, the uh, the 1993 NBA Finals. Uh, I thought Jordan saying, "If I had it to do all over again, I'd never want to be considered a role ro- uh, role model." Uh, it's like a game that's stacked against me. There's no way I can win. Uh, so many incredible. Lines. What about Michael uh, Ahmad Rashad saying, Michael, game on the line, who would take the last shot? That's a dumb question, me. Uh, Jordan being described as the alpha of the alphas. Uh, I mean, so many amazing quotes. I wrote all these down. Jordan on Isaiah Thomas, no matter how much I hate him, I respect his game, uh, discussing why Isaiah Thomas wasn't on the dream team. Uh, so, uh, so we will unpack all of this. Uh, this uh, was and is an incredible documentary. We're 60% of the way through it. This is Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox and who doesn't want better sex? But if you have ED, you may be struggling and dragging your feet on solving the problem. Don't put off having a better sex life any longer. Check out Him Sex Choose and bring a new level of excitement and confidence to your sex life. The process is simple and 100% online, no uncomfortable doctor's visits. No insurance is needed. Pay one low price for your treatments, online visits, ongoing shipments, and provider messaging. Hims has hundreds of thousands of trusted subscribers, so if ED is getting you down it's time to change that start your free online visit today at hymns.com slash two pros that's h-i-m-s.com slash two pros for your personalized ed treatment options hymns.com slash two pros prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply see website for details and important safety information subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan sex are compounded products and have not been approved by the FDA. The FDA does not verify the safety or effectiveness of compounded drugs. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install 
installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. It doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com sports to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all the current special offers. Great tires and a great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com sports. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Do we have the audio now, Danny G, of what I read earlier from uh, Jordan talking about uh, admitting to saying Republicans buy sneakers too? Yeah, it's ready to go. Uh, Let's play that for people who didn't hear it. Then I'll bring you guys in. We'll discuss it. Uh, Here is that audio that I think was really kind of the the central linchpin point of last night's two episodes, uh, I believe, in general. The growth of the Jordan brand after signing with Nike and Jordan's decision, calculated as it may have been, to allow, again, my game did all my talking for Jordan's excellence to be his hallmark. Uh, Here's what he said. I don't think that statement needs to be corrected because I said it in just, you know, on a bus with, you know, with Horace Grant and Scottie Pippen. And it was, you know, thrown off the cuff. My mother asked to do a PSA for Harvey Gantt. And I said, look, mom, I'm not speaking out of pocket about someone I don't know. But I will send a contribution to support it, which is what I did. I do commend Muhammad Ali for standing up for what he believed in. But I never thought of myself as an activist. I thought of myself as a basketball player. I wasn't a politician when I was playing my sport. You know, I was focused on my craft. Was that selfish? Probably. But that was my that was my energy. That's where my energy was. I'll be honest that it wasn't it was reported that Michael said, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too. Uh, you know, for somebody who was at that time preparing for a career in civil rights law and in public life and knowing what Jesse Helms stood for, you would have wanted to see Michael push harder on that. On the other hand, he was still trying to figure out how am I managing uh, this image that has been created around me um, and, and how do I live up to it. It's never going to be enough for everybody. I know that. I realize that, you know, because everybody has a preconceived idea in terms of what they think I should do and what I shouldn't do. The way that I go about my life is I set examples. And if it inspires you, great. You know, I will continue to do that. If it doesn't, then maybe I'm not the person that you should be following. That is Michael Jordan talking about some of the challenges that came with everybody wanting to use him. But let's let's be fair. When you are a famous person, people want to use your fame as a way to advocate for things that they care about. And I continue to believe that Michael Jordan speaking out to everyone makes him the, probably Babe Ruth is the most iconic baseball player of all time. I I don't think there's a close second behind Babe Ruth other than Michael Jordan. I think those guys are on an entirely different level, a different stratosphere than anybody else today uh, or anybody else in the last 30 or 40 years of athletics. That's just how big they really are. And uh, and that audio in general, breaking it all down, uh, was pretty compelling and explaining uh, why exactly 
Michael Jordan chose to try to speak to everyone. And again, I wrote a book, Republicans Buy Sneakers 2, which was focused on this idea. This idea that sports, uh, to me, has always been an incredibly unifying way to speak to everyone. And I frankly think that the LeBron James era, uh, the U.S. women's soccer team era, the uh, the idea that you are going to try to only speak to people who have identities similar to yours, which is what people are trying to get athletes to do now, um, and to not visit the White House, and to uh, decide that you've got to speak out about all sorts of political-related issues, even when, frankly, most of the times athletes speak out and they sound like Peter King did when he came on this program because they're not very sophisticated. Why are they not? Because if you're truly an elite athlete, all of your energy and focus needs to be able to be going towards being an elite athlete by and large. There's a reason why people are typically not great at multiple things. It's because it takes a lot to be truly excellent. One of the things I thought this documentary did a good job of explaining was the weight on Michael Jordan's shoulders associated with being Michael Jordan. You know, they went back and they played that iconic Be Like Mike Gatorade commercial, which everybody out there can immediately think of uh, and 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 how, uh, how famous that helped to make him brand-wise. But it also meant that from the moment he left his hotel room, there was an enormous amount of weight upon Michael Jordan's shoulders, and it wasn't easy to escape being Michael Jordan. Let me bring in the crew. Uh, 877-996-6369 is the phone number. What stood out to you guys? I'll start with you, Danny G, from the documentary last night. Yeah, well, that was well said about the weight that was on MJ's shoulder. I thought that we saw a lot of insight to that. That was something that I never realized was that he struggled with being shut in, that that scene where he's in the hotel room and he's talking about how he wished he could just go out and kind of be a normal person. We're all kind of programmed to roll our eyes a little bit when famous celebrities say that because we're like, oh, yeah, it's really tough to be you. But it was really telling what his agent was saying about, yeah, be like Mike, but in this case, I wouldn't want to be like Mike because he has to be on 24-7, and at some point that would get old for anybody. MJ was like on a Beatles level, Michael Jackson level, where those crowds were raucous. Just He literally could not go anywhere without being attacked, and, and it was interesting to see his schedule and from this to that being pulled in every direction. And you could tell that just it was relief. It was more relief than celebration when the Bulls won the title. That was really interesting. And then the fact that he wanted everybody's money in his pocket, B.J. Armstrong and John Paxson, are playing uh, blackjack for $1 hands at the front of the bus. Yeah. Because they can't afford to be in the back of the bus with MJ and all the big ballers. Michael still wanted to take their $1. And they're like, why? Why do you want our dollar? And he's like, I want your money in my pocket. I think that speaks a lot to the activism and the controversy over the years about why wasn't he more involved more of a Muhammad Ali. He said he just saw himself straight up as a basketball player. And the fact that he was so competitive, it, it was almost like a sickness for this guy. He he just he couldn't stand to have anybody one up him. Um, like Charles Barkley, he was talking about how he won the MVP that season 
where they met up against the the Suns in the finals, and MJ said, yeah, you could have that. I'm going to take this. The yeah, trophy. There's no doubt that he's had the ability to uh, to manufacture slights in an effort to drive himself. Talked about For Clyde sure. Drexler, yep. uh, Dan Marley. Yeah, and then the dunk in New York. How many people in New York were sick to their stomachs watching last night? Uh, you know, because you saw Starks go up for what they call the dunk, and then Michael rips off four wins in a row right after that. He was the guy that you can't piss off. If you pissed him off, you woke up a sleeping giant. And most of the time, Michael wasn't sleeping unless he was out on a bender in Atlantic City. You saw how that fired him up. By far, though, the funniest part was the permed out United Center security guard. Mike loved to gamble so much that he's playing quarters against the wall, something we all did in middle school and high school to collect some quarters in our pockets. And Mike is doing this with the security guards. That was just amazing. That was awesome. Dub, what stood out to you the most about this doc? Well, the security guard shrug was by far the best part of this entire series. It's incredible. Just straight off the bat. Uh, But to me, to add something more that hasn't been mentioned yet, I don't think, is talking about the infamous dream team practice. Yeah, that was awesome. Just getting you know everybody's story might be the greatest in. basketball game that's ever been played. Absolutely, and I, I would honestly, if there if if there was any way to see the whole footage of that, if it was recorded, I mean, I would pay you know more than any pay per view event to ever to see a scrimmage that took place in the early 1990s because that probably you're right is the greatest basketball game that has ever been played. And hearing Magic Johnson, his story, along with Charles Barkley, talking about Michael Jordan, the way he responded during that practice was pretty incredible to watch. Uh, you know, And you already hit on a bunch of the other stuff that happened, but just to echo what you and Danny G just said, kind of the timeline they went through, kind of the day in the life of Michael Jordan, I, I would not want any part of that i was I, I would not be envious of that lifestyle at all you know leaving the hotel room the spotlight is immediately on as he walks through the lobby out of the elevator and that was his life you know going through his day every single day during the basketball season and beyond and that i, I would not be envious of that i think i agree with his agent uh with his comments regarding that lifestyle when we come back, we will break down more of the Jordan documentary. By the way, Shannon Spake joining us in hour three and also in hour two. We're going to be joined by one of my new employees at OutKick. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly 
O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself, and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Smart journalism. Fascinating topics. Words that describe CNN's podcast, The Assignment with Audie Cornish. We are revisiting the public school culture wars. What have we learned from the kids who fought against book bans? We really started the club to get students reading these books. Students have an opinion in this fight, too. How has the war over books sparked a backlash to the so-called parents' rights movement? It's not okay what they're doing, and they're being watched. Listen to The Assignment with Audie Cornish. Streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be that is probably the most iconic commercial of all time involving an athlete. I'm not even sure that there is a close, uh, like I'm trying to think of any other advertisement that has been as popular ever in pop culture involving a athlete. And there was a string of them back in the 80s and the 90s as athletes became more popular parts of the pop culture phenomenon. You know, for instance, Nike had a lot with Bo Jackson, which were really uh, incredibly iconic. But can you guys think of a television commercial that connected more than the Michael Jordan, Be Like Mike, Gatorade commercial? A lot of you probably didn't even remember. I didn't even remember for sure that it was a Gatorade commercial. Uh, when they were showing it during the documentary, I had totally forgotten about uh, about the fact that it was a uh, Gatorade commercial. But the the jingle, that audio, immediately takes me back to like 1991 or 1992. Yeah, the only thing that comes to mind for me was the whole Bo Nose campaign. And even that was, I, I feel, yes, but I don't think it's anywhere near that. 
Can you guys, I mean, what would even be in competition with the Be Like Mike Jordan commercial in terms of being, I mean, I, they, they had the, uh, I was at a McDonald's commercial where Larry Bird and Michael Jordan were shooting like, a, it was like a horse contest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one. That, that one was too. pretty, that one was pretty popular too. Uh, and I, I think that was, like I said, McDonald's. And then there are all these different ones that are that Nike did that obviously were very, very successful. And probably back in the day for our parents and their generation, the Mean Joe Green, the Jersey Toss, that was Coca-Cola. That, yeah. that was a big deal. That was a big deal. But, I mean, the, in terms of having the, the, the audio and, like, I mean, where when that when that song comes on, I, I, the Mean Joe Green, yes. And, look, there, there have been other commercials that have connected but I don't know that there's ever been one even close to that Gatorade commercial. Can you guys think, I mean, can you even, I mean, I can't even think of one and maybe it's because we're so used to being marketed to now. What's even one that's happened in the world of sports, a commercial that's been really, really good that has made a big difference in the last decade. Where like immediately when you hear it, it has almost a hundred percent approval, and that to me is really kind of characterized this episode. Was Jordan was seeking a hundred percent approval, and I think so much of the stress that was upon him was the expectations that his brand set, which is he's flawless. That was the Michael Jordan brand. Be like Mike. And that's why the gambling hit in such a way that it became difficult, I think. And, and look, I mean, Tiger Woods dealt with this too because I would say of all the athletes that are out there, Kobe was clearly uh, wanted to be Michael Jordan. But Tiger Woods, I think, more so than anybody else, is the next closest in terms of having you know like that overall impact. But it is pretty wild to think about the difference. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue to break this down. 877-996-6369 is the phone number. Uh, appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Uh, this is Outkick the Coverage. I am live, by the way, down in Florida. We'll talk a little bit about, more about that as well. Be sure to catch live editions of Outkick the Coverage with Clay Travis weekdays at 6 a.m. Eastern, 3 a.m. Pacific. We are reacting to The Last Dance, episodes five and six, which were on last night. I am doing the show this week, maybe more weeks, from down in Florida. They have ended our national lockdown in Tennessee. And so I brought my family down here to uh, the beach uh, where we are staying in our Florida place. Uh, For those of you who have listened to this show for a long time, you know, that I've been down here in Panama City uh, several times over the past several years with my guy DJ Big Boy still here to uh, to let me in. We'll see whether I'll be on time, but the tech is a little bit different. So you might have heard us drop a couple of times off and on. We're trying to get all the kinks worked out to be uh, to be set up here. Uh, not that uh, not that you guys are tech experts, or God forbid, not that I am a tech expert. Uh, but if you hear us drop in and out a little bit, that's what happened some in hour one uh, as we uh, are uh, are trying to get everything sort of seamlessly uh, operating here uh, during the course of the broadcast. Now, uh, we're going to get back into the last dance, talk a little bit about the uh, the Kobe aspects of uh, of this episode and uh, and of the documentary in general. I thought Kobe had some uh, interesting quotes, which we're going to play for you. 
Uh, but uh, also want to tell you, we tried to be updating you on the coronavirus with some positivity as much as possible. I know a lot of you in a variety of different states are going back to work or at least contemplating going back to work as things are starting to open up. Now, I also know uh, that if you're in California or New York, for instance, it may feel like it's crazy that people are going back to work because what you see around you is nowhere near uh, normalcy. But in much of the country, people are beginning to uh, to go back to work. And uh, we got good numbers on Sunday, the lowest number of deaths from the coronavirus in, uh, in, in since March. So uh, the overall trend lines continue to be positive, uh, and uh, I believe more and more people are going to be going uh, back to work and returning to some form of normalcy as we move through uh, the course of the summer. Now, also, uh, as summer gets closer and closer, that is, this weekend we've got the UFC going on. Next weekend, not this weekend, but the next weekend, and we'll talk with Shannon Spake some about this in Hour 3, uh, we've got NASCAR returning, PGA, uh, we reported on OutKick. We've got the uh, the Tiger versus Phil uh, event, which also will include Tom Brady and Peyton Manning. We've got that going on coming up as well. So all of that is on the horizon and uh, will be occurring in uh, in the near future. And now we've got to figure out what's going to happen with Major League Baseball, with the NHL, with the NBA. So we're obviously tracking those stories for you as well. But today we are reacting to The Last Dance, uh, the Jordan documentary, which has been wildly popular, uh, most watched thing on cable by far, sports or otherwise, has been the Jordan documentary on Sunday nights. That will continue, it, uh, it appears, as, uh, as uh, it was wildly popular again last night. We've talked a lot about the Air Jordans, the Republicans by Sneakers 2 portion of the show. Uh, but also, uh, we have been uh, discussing, or we will be discussing here, the story of Kobe Bryant and uh, the 1998, I believe it was, NBA All-Star Game when Kobe Bryant was playing. It was in Madison Square Garden. Kobe was just 19 years old. I believe we have a lot of cuts from uh, that, uh, that aspect of the documentary. Here that is. Michael provided a lot of guidance for me. Like, I had a question about shooting this turnaround shot. So I asked him about it. And, you know, he gave me a great detailed answer. But on top of that, he said, if you ever need anything, give me a call. It's like my big brother. I grew up watching Michael on TV. And now you got a chance to go face to face with him. You get a chance to really see and like touch and feel strength, speed, quickness. And um, it was fun to be out there. I truly hate having discussions about who would win one on one. And you're a fan saying, hey, Kobe, you beat Michael one on one. I feel like, yo, what you get from me is from him. I don't get five championships here without him he guided me so much and gave me so much great advice. Those are pretty fantastic quotes. I mean, Kobe Bryant in many ways saying, if I've seen far, it's because I've stood on the shoulders of giants, which I believe is an Isaac Newton quote. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, I may be misattributing that. Uh, but basically, for every scientist, the reason why you're able to accomplish what you are is because of the people that came before you that you were able to learn from. And I thought... Uh, Kobe, that was a pretty good way of, uh, of of personifying 
the fact that arguing about people over eras very oftentimes, and obviously the LeBron James versus Michael Jordan is probably the most played out argument in all of sports. Uh, but a big part of that is you can't have LeBron James without Michael Jordan. You can't have Kobe Bryant without Michael Jordan. Those guys are constantly playing in the ghost of Michael Jordan's shadow. Um, and uh, and and so as a result, or the shade of Michael Jordan's shadow, as a result, whatever they achieve is partly based on the way that they were able to emulate their game on Michael Jordan. And Kobe, more so than most, uh, I know that 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 LeBron is a uh, is an admitted Michael Jordan fan. I don't know how you couldn't be, but Kobe's game has always been a lot more similar to Michael Jordan's game than anything that LeBron James uh, does, because LeBron James is just such a singular force physically that he's not really that 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 similar in the way that he plays to Michael Jordan. I've always said that if you had to uh, to kind of synthesize LeBron James's game and you wanted to go back into the 90s to do it, LeBron James is like John Stockton in Carl Malone's body. Right? If you think about the Utah Jazz back in the day, they were good because of Stockton and Malone. If you think about LeBron James's game, it basically is John Stockton's ball handling ability in Carl Malone's body. That's like if you remember Carl Malone, his physique was unlike anybody else in the game back in the day. And I think LeBron James, a modern version of Carl Malone, except he handles the ball like John Stockton would have. So he's a sense the way that he felt about Kobe Bryant uh, in general. You know, I think he called him uh, that little Laker boy. Uh, he's going to be shooting everywhere. Uh, he's going to, you know, he doesn't care about passing the ball and everything else. It was interesting hearing the older guys talk about Kobe Bryant in that way. And I know we got a lot of Laker fans out there in LA. Uh, what jumped out to you guys, Danny G, about the uh, about the way that uh, that that storyline between Kobe and Jordan was a substantial portion of this episode as well? Honestly, it was hard to see the clips of Kobe being interviewed because especially here in Los Angeles, every time we see him on screen like that and on the court and the old highlights, it really makes us miss him that much more. And we got a glimpse of the relationship between Kobe and MJ at Kobe's funeral. Yeah, no, that's why I said I, I yeah. might have cut out when I was talking about yes. that. I mean, we know what the relationship is like between Kobe and Michael Jordan based on what I thought was a really impressive performance by Jordan at Kobe's uh, memorial. And uh, But it was interesting to see it start at yes. the beginning with that little Laker boy he called him and the, the <laughs> complaints kind of among the veterans about the fact that Kobe wouldn't pass the ball and the fact that he didn't want to play defense and all these different things. Uh, at 19 years old, it's pretty wild to uh, to think about Kobe being on that stage. And Kobe said, at the time, the NBA icons were older, so he kind of had that stage to himself and was a bridge into the younger level of the NBA when a lot of 18 and 19 year old kids were going to start to uh, start to make their debuts. And he and LeBron, both coming straight out of high school, obviously had a different vibe than Michael Jordan did, who had come out of UNC. But it was, I thought, really interesting to hear from Kobe when he said, what you get from me is from him. Yeah. To watch Kobe grow into the man he became 
and the fact that he gave so much credit to Michael Jordan, whereas back before we heard any of this from MJ at the funeral and now now we're seeing these clips from Kobe, a lot of people thought that these two didn't get along. Now to get to dive into what the real relationship was behind the scenes, it's been pretty awesome. And you're right, when Kobe was talking about the bad timing of him coming into the league with all the veterans, he said, look, I was just this young kid throwing up air balls. It was pretty cool to get to see Kobe's side of what was started at the funeral with Michael's comments. And it seems like we're still having some cutouts there from I'm Florida. I'm back now, okay, but cool. yes, we got a lot of tech issues. But let's go ahead and uh, let's go ahead and continue to pass it around here. And and if I drop out for a sec, you guys can just keep talking. We're still trying to get all the tech worked out. Um, but Dub, what did you think about the relationship between Kobe and Jordan? Yeah, I was definitely you know a big brother, little brother type relationship. And in seeing some of that footage of that that All Star game, I don't really have any recollection of that All Star game. I was still I think five or six years old at the time. So being able to see some of that footage, especially the footage in the locker room of Michael Jordan and some of the veteran players in the in the NBA talk about Kobe like that, calling him that little Laker boy, I thought that was absolutely fantastic. And just hearing uh, how highly regarded they thought of him at such a young age, I thought was pretty eye-opening because there are some absolute legends that were in that locker room with Michael Jordan. You saw Reggie Miller. You saw a bunch of other guys in that Eastern Conference and just seeing some of the highlights and uh, Michael Jordan kind of do his thing en route to the All-Star Game MVP, was uh, that was a pretty cool way to open up last night's episodes. Yeah, th- there's no doubt at all. And again, the memorial service sort of gave us a better sense of that relationship. Uh, but to, uh, to see it play out the way it did with the in memoriam basically beginning for Kobe Bryant, uh, was tough. Again, I think still the big takeaway from these two episodes, the dream team, uh, the Republicans by sneakers to angle, which Jordan hadn't really talked about publicly for 30 years. Uh, what about you, Eddie, stood out uh, from this uh, this documentary in the opening relationship between Kobe and Jordan? Well, as you mentioned, when they started it out by, you know, putting up there in the text, uh, you know, in, in memory of Kobe Bryant, I immediately thought, oh, this is interesting. Where is this Where is this going to go? And then it goes into Kobe talking about the relationship. And as you guys have mentioned, obviously what what Michael opened up about at Kobe's memorial was pretty eye-opening. I, I had no clue that they were that close. And then we got to see a little bit more of that from Kobe's description of their relationship, which I thought was pretty cool. I wish we could have saw a little bit more of that while... I guess Kobe was still with us, but uh, yeah, it was very interesting. I mean, I know there's been a lot of criticism about this documentary, about it not being a quote-unquote true documentary or whatever that means, but uh, you know, I, I think that they, I mean, there's always going to be some people that want them to take a, a deeper dive into this, but I think it was at least, you know, touching on the honesty of what Michael's issues were with gambling, and there were a lot of different things, showing him, you know, pitching the quarters and being on the golf course and playing cards i mean it was pretty obvious that you know he called it a competitive problem and because he said you know he never has gambled to the point of it hurting his finances he doesn't feel that he has a problem but i mean clearly gambling on things and being that competitive all the time is clearly a huge part of his life yeah you know when you actually break it down this is not and i saw that we talked a little bit about it last week ken burns and i'm going to talk about this with bobby barack coming up who's an outkick employee now and is writing about outkick a, a great deal but there was complaints people that ken burns who obviously is iconic uh, documentary filmmaker for civil war and major league baseball and i think he just did one on country music and 
Uh, he's got all these different documentaries that he's working on at any given time. And he said, well, and I think he's affiliated with this one in some ways. And he said, well, this is not really a documentary, but I don't feel as a viewer as if I'm being in any way cut out here. To me, this is in 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 many respects, almost like a video autobiography for Michael Jordan. Not to say we're not touching on other people, Scottie Pippen, Dennis Rodman, Phil Jackson, and other legendary members of the Bulls dynasty. But I feel as if this is not supposed to be a completely unvarnished, unblemished look at Michael Jordan where every single angle is covered. But it seems really fair to me. I mean, with the way they covered the gambling, uh, with the the way Jordan hasn't, at least in, in, in this respect, they haven't shown him declining to answer any question. Um he may not have always been 100% truthful, but people are not always 100% truthful in their documentaries. You know, uh, I'm sorry, in their in their autobiographies. Everybody is telling their version of the truth in an autobiography. So I haven't had any issue at all with the way that this documentary presents. Now, I do think the slide rule moving around in the in the timing makes it sometimes difficult to follow. My wife uh, and son were watching it with me last night. My wife was saying, well, this is confusing. Like, I know the story. So I'm aware of, you know, what years Michael Jordan is winning a title and, and all those different aspects. So it's relatively easy. Oh, this is in the first three-peat. This is in the second three-peat. I think if you're familiar with the story as a sports fan, it's not very difficult for you to follow along. But I think if you're a casual sports fan or maybe a kid who doesn't know the history of Michael Jordan that well, then that's kind of confusing uh, the way that we're jumping around from one part uh, to another relatively uh, on a uh, sliding scale there. When we come back, we'll talk about this and more with one of the new employees I have hired at Outkick the Coverage. He's Bobby Barak. Uh, you can read him uh, up at outkick.com. We have got a uh, a ton of content that is now going to be coming down your way every single day. Uh, we're going to be sharing a lot of different info with you guys on OutKick. Smart, original, funny, authentic, all of that. This is OutKick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, O-O-O-O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job stop by o'reilly auto parts and ask about their loaner tool program simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool then get your deposit back when it's returned need your windshield wipers replaced a brake light fix or a quick service they'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice you'll find the employees at o'reilly auto parts are knowledgeable helpful and best of all friendly the professional parts people at o'reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscored team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscored.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be How good has the soundtrack been for the Jordan Last Dance documentary, which they have pegged perfectly based on the year? I know the sliding scale of the the chronology can be a little bit confusing to people, but the music pegging directly with whatever was the most popular out there when the highlights are playing is about as good as it gets. Yeah, in fact, that's Special Ed from 1989, classic hip-hop song. And the Last Dance music director, we should give him a shout-out. His name is Rudy Chung. That 80s and 90s hip-hop has been amazing. From the Fugees to a tribe called Quest, Black Sheep, Outcast, Naughty by Nature. They even played stereo MCs last night. Uh, They have a Spotify playlist, I think. If you've been watching this documentary, people were tweeting about it last night. I don't even know what that means, hardly. (laughs) My wife's a Spotify subscriber. I, I don't know how any of that stuff works, but... You can go uh, and get the entire uh, soundtrack, basically, of The Last Dance. They have a playlist that's up. But go ahead and bring in Bobby Barak, one of the new hires we've made at OutKick. uh, The coverage, OutKick.com. You can go read him. Bobby, how old are you? 22, Clay. So you're 22 years old. So you recall absolutely nothing of the Michael Jordan era. So what is watching this documentary like for you? Yeah, so there's a couple of things. Um... Yeah, I didn't live through this time, but I feel like if there's any athlete that I didn't watch that I that I feel like I lived it was Michael Jordan because he's talked about so much no matter where you go. So 
it's not like a total introduction, but I really am getting the sense of just how big he was about like not being able to leave his hotel. Like they portray him like he's a member of the Beatles. So it is an insight into seeing how big he was at a time where I don't think any athlete today has that type of cachet or that type of celebrity. Um, obviously, LeBron James is number one, but it doesn't appear that he's on the same level as Jordan was the way the doc portrays him as. Yeah, so what do you think the impact for Michael Jordan's brand is going to be? You're 22, so that means you were born around 1998, which is when he won his last championship. It's the story that's being chronicled in this series. For people who are your age or younger, I've been talking about the fact that my 12- and 9-year-old sons will watch uh, portions of this documentary and uh, and they're intrigued by it as well, but they're watching it from the perspective of somebody who has not spent much time uh, knowing about Michael Jordan other than hearing their dad. This is like, I mean, the best new advert. I mean, we'll, I'll circle back around and give you my opinion, but what is yours about what the impact of this is going to be? Well, I think it, I think um, so many people are watching this now, and the numbers have been um, just sensational, averaging six million viewers, which is really unheard of for almost anything in 2020. But I think it's really going to open a lot of eyes to considering uh, where sports were and the impact Jordan had on the game of basketball. Because not only is he in the discussion for the greatest athlete of any sport. But it's clear that he's that he's in the discussion, if not the front runner, for the most impactful. So I think there's a there's going to be an extra level of appreciation to that. And uh, you log on Twitter and you see a lot of people, uh, maybe of my age, saying, "Well, LeBron's better, or Kobe was better, or you know, so on, or Kevin Durant can do that." You see a lot of those debates. But I think watching this documentary is everybody caused to pause and say. Well, I don't know if any of them had that impact or if they did that. I love the quote from Jordan last night about saying, I only packed one suit because we're only going to need one more game. Or he was still bitter that he didn't win the MVP over Charles Barkley. That type of competitive, um, how competitive he was, you just don't get that from today's athletes. So I think the impact is I think people are going to, people that, aren't familiar with who Jordan was as a person are going to have an extra level of appreciation for him. What about the uh, the documentary in general? We were just talking about the fact that you've got some quote-unquote Ken Burns documentary and who's a documentarian who is an expert in the in the field being upset about the way that this uh, this documentary is coming out and saying, oh, it's not a true documentary. Do you think there's anybody watching this who is upset with the way that this story is being told? I think last night is a possibility because uh, even I was there because um, you know we did a live outkick post show and I was telling Ryan before the documentary even started a couple weeks ago. I was telling him that to me the most interesting aspect of this thing is are they going to discuss and um, comment on all the still ongoing thoughts and conspiracies, if you want to call it that, that he was suspended after the third, or after the first three-peat for gambling as opposed to retiring? I think it's a very interesting thought and belief. I think it has a lot of background to it. I was reading up on it. There's a lot of evidence that that could be true. They didn't even touch on that last night. They billed this as the quote-unquote gambling episode for me for them not to even 
touch on that, discuss it, address it. I think that really goes to show the power Jordan had over the content in this documentary. I believe if Jordan wasn't so involved, we would have at least had about five, ten minutes discussing the, um, that part of his career. Because I think that is an important part of his career. If anyone was to write an authentic book on him, I think they would have gone much more serious into the gambling. Where last night really, really just showed it like, oh, well, I just want to play blackjack. I just like gambling. I didn't have much of a problem. They really painted a positive spin on the whole thing for Jordan. Is the Jordan brand going, is, is this basically, because I think it is, an advertisement for the next generation to understand why Jordan is the icon that he is? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because I think whenever there's something like this, with this type of magnitude of this documentary, that's what it's been so far. Um, we talked about a little bit earlier, the ratings of it. I think there's going to be a lot of people that, weren't fans of Jordan, weren't fans of Jordan's brand, um, not fans of his shoes. I think they're going to become that after this doc if they haven't already um, since the launch of this thing. I think that it's really the new cool thing is to be uh, be like Mike, quote-unquote. And, uh, yeah, I think that the Jordan brand, and it's a needy house, like you said, it's already as powerful and it's still as popular as it is today. I think it's going to see an increase in popularity because of this documentary and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of people that again that said wow i was never a jordan fan i didn't live through that time but now i am now i have an extra appreciation for him and what he did for basketball uh, we were talking um, you talked earlier on your show about 90s music i remember uh maybe about five six years ago i bought the dvd of nirvana on plug which was the 90s I had never heard Nirvana, but ever since I watched that live uh, unplugged thing on M- uh, MTV, I've been a Nirvana fan. So I think that uh, even though it doesn't bring in nostalgia, it gets you to understand why so many people are hardcore fans of a band, of an acting, of a movie star when you watch something like that. So I'm, I'm right there with you. I think the Jordan brand is going to grow even stronger in the next weeks and months and years to come. What's the impact of LeBron? Uh, So let's pretend, I think there's two different ways to think about this. On the one hand, if the NBA comes back, this is probably LeBron's last best chance to add a championship, and he could do it with a third different team, the Heat, the Cavs, and the Lakers. And it would also be really an interesting connection with Kobe Bryant and the way that the NBA could finish. You know, I think we're at a point, though, that People are so married to their thoughts in the LeBron-Jordan debate that I don't think a lot can change. Uh, There's just so many people that no matter what LeBron does, they're going to say, well, he's never never going to be Jordan. He hasn't been Jordan. He had to to leave Cleveland. He had to join a super team. His his friend Dwayne Wade, a fellow superstar, a Chris Bosh, he had to – then go to Cleveland and join Kyrie, and then and go to the Lakers, eventually get Anthony Davis. So there's so many people that no matter what LeBron does, they're never going to put him even in the same class as Jordan. And that goes the other way, too. Um, whether people didn't watch Jordan, but there's, there is a, a percentage of the basketball um, audience that they already think LeBron's the goal. And it doesn't matter what he does, they're going to say, well, LeBron won a championship with two other teams. He's had the longevity that Jordan didn't have. Um, they'll cite, well, 
he's a better passer. He, he's a better rebounder. He can play more positions. So I think it's at a point now where um, people are married to their thoughts either way. But you're right. As far as like a lasting legacy, I think LeBron coming back this season and possibly winning a championship definitely changes some of the discussions uh, uh, you know, in the coming months, especially the season might not, the following season might not start until December. I think you definitely want, if you're LeBron, that discussion to be, hey, LeBron James, the four-time NBA champion, he's won with his third team in the most legendary franchise in the NBA, as opposed to the NBA season didn't come back. We just got another inside look into the legend that was Michael Jordan. All right, you're writing at OutKick. Uh, We're talking to Bobby Barak, one of our new hires at OutKick, and you're covering media and a lot of other different related issues associated with the media. What is uh, standing out to you as we come down the stretch run here? We talked a little bit about this with Ryan uh, Glasspiegel last week, the fact that ESPN Radio is a mess and that nobody seems to know what's going on there. What other big media stories are you tracking right now? Yeah, I would say ESPN Radio has been um, really one of my uh, primary focuses the past month. But there's all sorts of dominoes that are expected to fall. Trey Wingo, the host of the morning show with Mike Golick, he wants off the morning show. That's expected to um, get done. I was told um, last week, late last week, that Trey Wingo may have an interest in hosting later in the lineup, which um, could be a fit because – uh, the the one to three show, which is first take year take with Jason Fitz, that might not continue. There's a lot of industry um, speculation on the future of the Dan Lepitar show that airs from 10 to one. The ESPN could at minimum have from 6 a.m. to 3 p.m. available. And Clay, um, people called me Friday after my piece, and they're like, "You can move." radio people to TV, but it's not easy going from TV to radio. And uh, there's an expectation around the industry that ESPN just might not have enough bodies to fill these radio spots. That's why I just keep pointing back to Max Kellerman. I think he's ESPN's biggest star that doesn't have his own platform. Yeah, he's on first take, but that's clearly Stephen A. Smith's show. If you were to move Max to morning radio, possibly with Keyshawn Johnson. That would be Kellerman's show. I think it would be a successful show. As for other media stories I'm interested in, obviously a Monday night football, that is not resolved yet. We don't know what ESPN is going to do. Um, Kurt Warner, to me, makes a lot of sense. He's a big name, former quarterback. That's what ESPN wants. They went after Tony Romo, Peyton Manning, Drew Brees. They want that big name quarterback. That is not on their roster. Despite that, though, um, the majority of people expect them to stay in-house. That doesn't mean they will. But a lot of people point to Lewis Riddick and Dan Orlowski taking over in the booth, possibly with Steve Levy again. That is not final, but I would say that that's more likely than going outside with Kurt Warner. But Kurt Warner checks off a little more boxes than Orlowski and Riddick do. A lot of us know Riddick and Orlowski for their work on Get Up, Sports Center, NFL Live, First Take. But just look at the numbers. A lot of people that watch the NFL, and particularly Monday Night Football, they don't necessarily watch that studio programming. So Orlowski and Riddick might not, you know, come out as 
those great analysts. They might um, the audience might look at them and say, "Oh, those are you know a former backup quarterback and a player that didn't have a lot of success as a player in the NFL." So I think Monday Night Football has to be at the forefront of ongoing stories. It's arguably, if not the most impactful story going on in all of media, not just sports media, because it could have ramifications on what Disney's NFL package is moving forward. Uh, the Monday Night Football contract is set to expire coming up. And the following year after that, the other contract with Fox, NBC, CBS are set to expire. And ABC and ESPN could get in um, some of those games, particularly with the Super Bowl rotation. So a lot of impactful dominoes to fall at ESPN, but none so more than the Monday Night Football booth that, again, we're still talking about because no one seems to have any idea where they're going with this thing. Outstanding stuff. Appreciate it. Looking forward to reading what you write. That's Bobby Barack. You can follow him on Twitter. Uh, we'll tweet out a link to his profile. You can go read him at outkick.com. Appreciate it, my man. Hey, Clay. Appreciate it, dude. All right. We'll see what's going on. I'm down in Florida uh, doing the show theoretically this week, although I don't know. we got to figure out what's going on with the, uh, the drops and uh, whatnot that's going back and forth. But when we return... Uh, for the start of hour three, we will discuss more the last dance and uh, in particular the impact of the Michael Jordan brand about his decision not to be political. What was the impact of the 1992 Dream Team? All that and more we will be talking about. Uh, and then uh, we're going to be joined by Shannon Spake in hour three as well with NASCAR officially set to return a week from now almost. Uh, NASCAR will be back. UFC, by the way, back this weekend. Everything's starting to roll back into place uh, with the world of sports. Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Uh, once more, I am down in Florida. I know a lot of you out there starting your days off going back to work uh, in many parts of the country with uh, the stay-at-home order lifted uh, in the majority of the states in the country uh, in different levels and different degrees. But I know a lot more of you probably back on the roads, and you probably can see a difference already. This is Outkick, the coverage with Clay Travis. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at OReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's OReillyAuto.com slash 2pros.
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds, it was shocking. I have to know what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of general tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended install near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their general tires test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be Appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Shannon Spake rolling in now. Shannon, I was on the beach. You were on the lake. It seemed like we had pretty good Sundays. It was a, it was a great day. It's about 85 degrees here in Charlotte. It, uh, unfortunately, and fortunately, I guess Lake Norman was really, really crowded. And so as you kind of like look out on that lake and you see everyone sort of piled into these boats and stuff, uh, you know, you, you start to – it does make me a little nervous. We, we've talked about this. I'm a, I'm a nervous Nelly and, and – always asking kind of what if, so it did make me nervous. What were the beaches like down there? Were they crowded? Yes. Yeah, we've got a lot of people out on the beaches, and I I think it makes sense when you really kind of break it down. I mean, people are just tired of being, being, I think, cooped up, and the weather down here was perfect. I mean, it was like 75 or 80 degrees, no humidity, which is rare anywhere in Florida, certainly as it gets warm and and so i think people were just ready completely to get out and and out and about and so there was uh just a general uh excitement you could kind of feel yeah i agree everywhere you look people people wanting to get out i even like got out and and i think i had to go to a store or i think i went and picked up some lunch from you know chick-fil-a or something like that for my kids and i couldn't believe how many people were out on the street in terms of just driving around because i I feel like you get i I mean me personally i'm so isolated i'm home all the time i'm not going anywhere and then when you sort of leave your house you kind of look around and you're you're like wow i mean life is still kind of going on outside of these four walls and and there's a lot of people out here so but i agree with you 100 percent. people are ready to kind of get uh started again and, and we got nascar starting again which is so exciting 
So what is your role going to be with NASCAR starting again? Like, uh, are you're going to be in studio, but for everybody out there who doesn't realize, so we got UFC this weekend, and then next weekend we're going to have NASCAR at Darlington, right? May 17th. Yeah, so May 17th is when we'll, we'll launch, and so we're going to do a 400-mile race at Darlington, and then a couple days later we'll have another cup race on Wednesday. So we're actually going to have seven races over 11 days. Four of those will be cup races, a couple Xfinity and a truck race. So it'll be Darlington for, for three races with the Xfinity Series, and then we'll go to Charlotte. Uh, we'll have our 600-miler, and then a couple days later we'll have, uh, they're calling it a 500-kilometer race, which is you know r- roughly over 300 miles. So yeah, we're getting back to it. As far as um, my role, we don't really know just yet. We're still on stay-at-home orders until May 8th, and once those start to maybe alleviate or get lifted, I'm sure there will be limitations as to how many people can actually be in the studio, Clay. So as of right now, there, from what I've heard, there's not going to be a whole lot of pre-race stuff before we go. There's actually not even going to be practice or qualifying for these races, with the exception of the Coca-Cola 600. These guys are just going to show up to the racetrack, they're going to get in their cars, and they're going to go. Uh, there's people that have been limited on the amount of people that can go to the racetrack they're actually asking that people that do go to the track maybe not go to the shops uh during the week so they are taking a lot of precautions uh they're going to test people they're going to do temperatures when when people show up at the racetrack and certainly will not let anyone go in if they if they do have an elevated temperature uh but for right now we're just going to kind of see how this goes with with the no practice no qualifying and and get this thing started again which i think a lot of people will be excited to see some uh, live action uh racing What opportunity does this offer for NASCAR in general? Because in theory, there are a lot of people out there who haven't really ever experienced NASCAR but are desperate for sports to be back. We know that the iRacing has done pretty well in terms of the audience that's tuned in there. What can happen for NASCAR here? Well, I mean, Clay, if you look back to like, you know, the Daytona 500 when we had the fight back in the 70s, right? There was like a, a there, there was a half the country was, you know, on, on snowed out and, and, and we're watching this on television. And it's kind of one of the things that put NASCAR on the map was the fact that everybody had to watch this race because there really wasn't a lot of other things to do for people. So even maybe a casual fan or someone um, that didn't know what was going on was able to see uh, NASCAR. And I think it'll be the same. I think people are so starved for um for anything uh right now in terms of sports which i think i've heard you talking about the last dance all morning long i I just think that that's one of the reasons that this has really struck a chord not that it wouldn't have uh had the the world continued the way that it was but it's it's one of those things where everyone's kind of tuning in because that's what we have to do on sundays we're all home we're all watching and i just think this entire time with watching old games and old races and all of these things that are being broadcast every single weekend and now to kind of hop back in time and and take a look at Michael Jordan and the Bulls and all of these things. I just think it's been such a unique time for us all to stop looking ahead and and maybe reflect on what got us here. No doubt at all. Let's go back to the last dance. Did you watch it last night yet or did you DVR and you're going to watch it today? I watched the first episode. Yeah. So I did watch the first episode. And then you went to bed. Fantastic. Yeah, so, and I, I want to watch it with my children as well. So, like, you know, and it's getting late. Like, I want to watch it with my kids, and, and it's way past their bedtime at that point. So, I do, I, I'm going to save the other one. We're actually going to go back and watch the first one tonight. I did hear you talking about, like, jumping back and forth. And I, I said to my husband last night, I was like, they are jumping around, aren't they? Uh, and I think for my kids, it's a little harder for them to follow. That's exactly right. Because as you mentioned, yeah, I kind of know the story and, and what happened. And I, I know when I'm looking at Michael Jordan from, you know, his rookie year, and I know when I'm looking 
looking at Michael Jordan, um, you know, from his, you know, last season or whatever. Uh, but I just think um, I'm going to watch it with my kids. So I did watch the first episode, and what stood out to me the most from that first episode was the Kobe Bryant discussions in the locker room where all these dudes were sitting around talking about how good this kid was. I just thought that that was such a cool way to pull back the curtain and for us to see inside that conversation, which I thought was really cool. How wild is the decision by Jordan to go with Nike? Because it's interesting if you could go back in time, probably in any decision that's been made in the history of the shoe business, I'm not sure a bigger one has been made than Jordan deciding to go with Nike. Because if you go back in time and think, what if Jordan had signed with Converse or what if he had signed with Adidas? I think the brand value for Jordan, yes, I know the name Air Jordan turned into a huge deal, but I think wherever he went, the audience would have followed. Don't you? Oh, man. Uh, What I loved about that, though, Clay, is when he did talk about that, like, it's so, like, it's just, you have to be so comfortable where you are to be like, yeah, man, I was going to go with Adidas. That was the plan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My shoes, my, my toes were bleeding inside those shoes. Like I feel like nowadays people would be like, yeah, I thought about it, but you know, Nike was always the right decision. And I just thought it was so cool where he was just like so honest and just, you know, Hey, I am who I am. I'm where I am. We are where we are. But yeah, that was sort of the plan. I just thought it, I, I love his honesty in, in this, um, in this piece. And I always feel like those are the best interviews that you hear when you don't feel like anyone's holding anything back. And I don't feel like he's done that. I, I but yeah, what I mean, yeah, so I'm a runner, right? I know where Nike came from. I know that it was like, you know, it is a it was a predominantly track thing, right, up in the the, the Pacific um, Northwest, and and yes, for Michael Jordan, I I think the I, you just asked the question a few minutes ago, where would Nike be, or how much of their money nowadays is is because of Michael Jordan? I mean, I have to think that it would be a very very different brand had had Michael not gone with them. Not only that, because a big reason why they were able to sign later athletes was because of the Jordan connection, because he had made Nike so cool. So does Tiger Woods go to Nike if Jordan doesn't go there? Does does LeBron James go? Do all the other countless athletes that they've signed? I have doubts. Now, we talked opening up the program about Jordan trying to appeal to everyone and mm-hmm. how now everybody's kind of got their own identity and they're trying to appeal to a uh, to a smaller segment of the population sometimes which do you approve which do you like more do you like an athlete who's trying to talk to everybody or do you like an athlete who is trying to talk to a particular niche I mean, I think everyone likes to be liked, and that's kind of, you know, I mean, I I don't try to dig myself personally. I don't try to pick up on one thing or another. I try to stay pretty universal, and that's kind of what I like. I think social media has been the the catalyst to to open all those things up, though, right? I mean, we talked about Tom Brady, where you feel like we didn't really know who Tom Brady was. Maybe when he did that Tom and Time thing, you got a little bit more of a glimpse of him, but he's been so secluded. And, I mean, he's, you know, he's one of the greatest of all times, and I don't feel like he's one of those polarizing people and uh, that's that, I think that's the type of athlete that I gravitate tra- uh, gravitate towards but I, I just wonder how much just the social media realm and allowing to kind of have a voice that we've never had before opens people up to uh, to be able to do that by the way I should mention that if you're looking for a great book to read Phil Knight's book Shoe Dog about yes. starting Nike is one of the best business and sports books that I have ever read. It's truly phenomenal. 
if you're out there and you're on quarantine or you got kids and you're like, hey, I'm trying to get them to read a book, which trust me, I understand my nine-year-old won't read anything. Uh, as they get older, Shoe Dog is an absolutely fantastic book. Uh, in hour one, Shannon, we were talking, and also in the last segment a little bit, about the Be Like Mike ad. You know, the, uh, hmm. the music in the background. That was in 1991. Drink Gatorade, how popular that was. Can you remember an ad that was more of a cultural sensation ever that is involved an athlete than the Be Like Mike ad for Gatorade with the music in the background that everybody almost instantaneously knows? It's like a Disney film. As soon as that those chords start, like everybody knows it. Well, I mean, and, and my kids know Michael Jordan from Space Jams and, you yeah. know, and, and, and I mean, he's he has been such a, a dynamic force. But no, I thought I was thinking about it when you mentioned it, maybe the Bo Knows ad, maybe yeah. O.J. Simpson sort of jumping over things running through the airport. I think that that was one that 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 kind of stood out. But again, it wasn't like that jingle kind of thing. And then, you know, I'm a Dolphin fan. So Dan Marino putting on the isotoner gloves. Right. I mean, that was something that um, but certainly not to the degree um, uh, in terms of Michael Jordan. And it's interesting. I, I did interview Rex Chapman last week who, who played against Michael so many times. And he talked about how, I mean, he specifically said there were two people back in the eighties, two people who could not go anywhere. And that was Michael Jordan and Michael Jackson. He said that they would have to shut down malls for them to just go shopping, right. As a family, like if he wanted to take his wife shopping and he said, how do you learn to live with that type of celebrity is what Rex, uh, Rex told me about Michael Jordan. And just, kind of really just talked so much about how far he's come and in being that iconic um, person and doing so much for not only the sport of basketball, but I just think people and, and athletes in general. We're talking to Shannon Spake. All right, I'll leave you with this. Now that NASCAR is coming back, does it feel like NASCAR is coming back to you or will it take until you actually see them showing up at Darlington? Like when will be the wow, we're finally back to some degree of normalcy in NASCAR moment be for you. Yeah, I think when I hear those fire, those those engines fire at Darlington, we are gonna we're gonna be talking about it on Race Hub all week long. I think we're actually gonna have some reports from shops to find out how these teams are starting to ramp up, the amount of people that they're allowing in, because obviously everything is going to be different moving forward for a, a significant period of time. We're gonna do what we can, but yeah, when I see that, when I see those those cars roll off or those engines fire, and and I know that it's it's real. And plus, Darlington, if you've ever seen a race, I mean, Darlington is a it is a nasty track. Right. I mean, it, it's a track that, that the, these guys go through the turns and that wall just sneaks up on them. They always call it a Darlington stripe because they'll get stripes down the side of their car. It's almost like a rite of passage. And it is a great place to watch a race because it is just those cars are just hung out. And, and it's it's awesome. I love Darlington. And so um, it's been a long time since Fox has covered a race at Darlington. I got to do a lot of them when I was at ESPN. Uh, but it is a great racetrack and it'll be a great start for the season or for the season again. Right the restart for the season uh is the 1990s the decade with the greatest music i know i said last question but with the the jordan yeah. doc out i mean it's pretty phenomenal to be able to listen to all this music i don't know so i just actually watched the bc boys um documentary i was going to ask danny g about this offline and to me like to live through that 
um, era and to see the Beastie Boys, but then of course to also be where where I was in the '90s when like the grunge came out and and just like the evolution of a lot of different things. I'm I'm actually uh, interviewing Ricky Rackman. If you know who that is, um, he did Headbangers Ball on MTV, and I can't wait to ask him if he realized back in the '80s, like when they were part of all that that metal rock, if he realized like what they were part of. Because I remember like the grunge stuff and listening to Nirvana and listening to hip hop back in you know the '80s, kind of knowing that you are part of this generational swing that I don't know if kids nowadays have. And uh, yeah, so the, the music, just the nostalgia, Spike Lee getting up and yelling at Michael Jordan on, on the you know court, those are all things that we remember as kids seeing, right? And it was, yeah. it's been really cool. No, it was fantastic. That's Shannon Spake. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. O'Reilly Auto Parts, you know, o o o O'Reilly, who are in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free, in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you find just the right battery for your vehicle. When you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool, Tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you'll find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts are knowledgeable, helpful, and best of all, friendly. The professional parts people at O'Reilly Auto Parts are your one-stop shop for all things auto do-it-yourself and you can find what you need in-store or online. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash 2pros. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. You make every play, you call every shot, from choosing trusted financial products to deciding how much and how long to invest, GameBridge puts the power in your hands. No wonder they've earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. They give you the tools you need to save and grow your money with reliable returns and take charge of your financial future. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. So change the game. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. 
Hey, it's Jonas Knox. You've put it off long enough. It's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Pirelli tires. Shipped fast and free to a recommended installer near you or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation they'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site it doesn't get much easier than that go to tirerackcom sports to see their pirelli test results tire ratings and consumer reviews and be sure to check out all the current special offers great tires and a great deal what more could you ask for that's tirerackcom sports tirerack.com the way tire buying should be I want to hit you one more time with what I thought was the most uh, central part of the Last Dance documentary last night in episodes five and six. It was Jordan for the first time ever admitting that he said Republicans buy sneakers too, even though he said it was kind of in a joking manner. And then uh, his decision to not be political. Let's listen to that. I do commend Muhammad Ali for standing up for what he believed in. But I never thought of myself as an activist. I thought of myself as a basketball player. I wasn't a politician when I was playing my sport. You know, I was focused on my craft. Was that selfish? Probably. But that was my that was my energy. That's where my energy was. I'll be honest that it when it was reported that Michael said, you know, Republicans buy sneakers too. Uh, you know, for somebody who was at that time preparing for a career in civil rights law and in public life and knowing what Jesse Helms stood for, you would have wanted to see Michael push harder on that. On the other hand, he was still trying to figure out how am I managing uh, this image that has been created around me um, and, and how do I live up to it? It's never going to be enough for everybody. I know that. I realize that, you know, because everybody has a preconceived idea in terms of what they think I should do and what I shouldn't do. The way that I go about my life is I set examples. And if it inspires you, great. You know, I will continue to do that. If it doesn't, then maybe I'm not the person that you should be following. Uh, I just thought, again, an incredible incredible two episodes there were so many phenomenal lines but we need to unpack this even more now that we got the the audio officially up and running I want to close out the Monday edition by saying again good news out there uh, in the world of the coronavirus lowest number of deaths from the coronavirus since March on Sunday uh, things are moving rapidly, I believe, in a really good direction. You just heard us talking with Shannon Spake, who's always fantastic when she comes on the show, about the return of NASCAR. The UFC is going on this weekend. There was just an announcement that another golf event is going to be taking place on May 17th in the week before the Tiger Woods versus Phil Mickelson Challenge, which is going to be on May 24th in Florida. All of that rounding into position sports starting to work their way back. We'll see. I think this is going to be a big week for many different sports in terms of trying to figure out what makes sense going forward for Major League Baseball, for the NBA, 
and for the NHL and the MLS. I appreciate all of you hanging out with us. Thanks again for the podcast. Up 25% our audience on the podcast. Most listened to podcast month of all time. What's wild about that is the overall podcast audience is down 20% uh, since people aren't listening to as many podcasts yet. We were up 25% most listened ever. Love you guys. Thanks for hanging with us. Monday edition, OutKick, done. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Don't let streaks or smearing on your windshield compromise your visibility. When it's time to replace your wiper blades, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and see our selection. Our professional parts people will even install your new wiper blades while you wait. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hey, it's Jonas Knox. The best athletes don't just play the game, they change it. When it comes to investing, GameBridge is doing the same. Their online platform does things differently because it's designed to put you in charge of growing your own savings. It's intuitive, it's easy, and best of all, it's on your terms. No wonder GameBridge has earned the trust of 40% repeat customers. It's a better way to invest because it's investing your way. Get started today with as little as $1,000 at GameBridge.io. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. 